2: Welcome to a very special episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, because we're not in our normal studio. Actually, I like this studio way better. We're at Tumblewood Ranch. Uh, We have two cool trucks behind us. So if you're watching us on YouTube, um, awesome. If you're just listening to us, also great. Um, I have Blake here from Fox. Blake, can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, I'm
3: Blake. I'm a test engineer slash ride engineer at Fox. I do a lot of the power sports projects as well as some of the the truck stuff off-road and, or uh, OE and aftermarket?
2: Yeah, so you basically kind of get down (laughs) into the details of the shocks tuning, right, on different vehicles. Mm. So I wanted to take this opportunity because we're here at Tumbleweed Ranch uh, for one big reason, because behind me you probably can see our F100, Ford F100 1965 project truck. We call it ChargeZilla, it's electrified. Uh, We have a full series of videos coming out soon. On TFL Truck. Uh, but Blake is here because Fox, um, we have Fox Shocks on our project. Um, it's a charity build. So, what we wanted to do is a, it's kind of a collaboration between several different companies like CV, 101 Motors, Fox, and of course TFL. We, we want to auction the truck off when it's all done, and the money will go to a uh, fund to support young technicians and mechanics. So it's a pretty good cause. Mm -hmm. So Fox wanted to jump on board, of course, but we wanted to get the shocks tuned on our project, even though we have old leaves (laughs) under it. So you're here to help out with this, and I thought, you know, why not take this opportunity to kind of discuss the topic of what's kind of the best off-road setup and you know not super like Fox focused because we'll be, we'll be talking a lot about Fox shocks But but kind of in general as well mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your background like what types of vehicles have you helped with or some of the OE vehicles as well
3: Yeah, so like I said, I'm, I'm on the power sports team Which is part of PVG the powered vehicle group and I focus on all the side-by-side stuff as well as some snowmobile and motorcycle stuff um, so One of my most recent projects that's been released is the Polaris Turbo R. Mm -hmm. I I helped out with that a lot, went out and tuned with Polaris, put our data acquisition on, recorded data, and and came up with that final tune. Those shocks are really cool because they are dual electronic valves, so there's compression and rebound electronic valves on those Mm -hmm. shocks. So pretty high-tech and uh, Lots of travel. That that vehicle is pretty incredible. It can do anything you want it to, pretty much. <laughs> uh, are we talking about like 20 inches of travel, almost? Yeah, or? I think it's 22 or 24. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a lot it's, of travel. It's insane. It's like a racing
2: vehicle, basically. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. They're they're closely becoming trophy trucks at this point. The side by side, little tiny ones. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, people, normal people, can go out and buy them. So that's a really cool part too. Not everyone has the opportunity to have a trophy truck, but yeah. these things are like. Able to it, be bought by the average person,
2: yeah. Every time I get behind a wheel of a side by side, and including the performance side by sides, it's like you have to reset your brain, right? Mm-hmm. So, in a truck, uh, that's your personal Raptor first gen truck yep. Uh, yep. behind us as well. In a n- regular truck, a full size truck, you know, you can go at certain speed down a trail, mm-hmm. but then in a machine like a Turbo R, you could double, triple that speed easily, yeah. Basically,
3: yeah. The thing when you're in your truck, you you're so cautious you don't want to break it and you feel like you're, you're rattling and, and it's hard on the vehicle those side-by-sides you could just keep going faster and faster and it just feels like it's meant to do that
2: it's pretty pretty incredible. yeah it's kind of a one-purpose machine right mm-hmm. yeah. um, and of course lightweight lighter weight mm-hmm. and all that stuff so tell me about that project so i think those shocks you're mentioning on the turbo are also called like x2 yep or the latest x2. yeah mm-hmm. the latest generation of that so that's pretty cool so how does the project begin and like I mean obviously you have like the weight specs and all that stuff so walk me through it a little bit.
3: Yeah so the OEs will typically come to us like Polaris and say we have this new vehicle and from the shock standpoint what we want to know is the vehicle weight, the weight distribution front to rear, the unsprung mass, motion ratio, so we can go and calculate ride frequencies and kind of come up with what spring rates we want to go with and like from there determine what damping ratios we want to go with to kind of come up with an initial spec before going to a tuning event and that kind of just gets us in the ballpark and then after that we'll send them shocks and then we'll plan a tuning event we'll go out to the desert or wherever this specific oe will Mm -hmm. tune and then we'll attach our data acquisition and then start driving it in what we expect the the end user to to drive in and then go from there so add capacity add comfort
2: whatever it may be okay so you are involved in the spring kind of ratio as well
3: we have say in the spring yeah. a lot of time um, but depending on the customer sure. they'll do the springs on their own or we'll provide springs but I think because we are the suspension experts they do value our opinion when it comes to that sort of stuff so it's a collaboration right? yeah absolutely right. yeah for sure
2: so that makes sense. So, um, data acquisition, um, you mentioned that where, um, when the video series comes out for the F-100 Chargezilla project, we also did a little bit of data acquisition. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: that's,
3: that's our go-to these days at Fox. And I think that's something that actually separates Fox from a lot of the other suspension su- suppliers is, is we are very data driven when it comes to tuning. We're not guessing and checking kind of like old school used to be and, and, Suspension's kind of like a black art and the people that are really good at it are the ones that have been doing it for 20-30 years Where Fox is kind of taking an engineering approach and doing math and using data acquisition to try to help tuning Which is really cool and makes it really fun.
2: Yeah, I witnessed it myself It's basically kind of a string mm-hmm. right um, you attach it to the top of the shock and to the bottom mm-hmm. So you kind of know in real time there's a sensor that kind of tells you the height of it. Yep.
3: Yeah, so in the case of the chargezilla we use string potentiometers to measure the shock position and then from that we can calculate shock velocities or whatever else we want to see. Um, In other cases sometimes it's hard to package something as big as a string potentiometer so we'll package like a rotary potentiometer and then calibrate that to the shock displacement. So a couple different tools we have but yeah, we're always out there. The main thing we want to know is that shock position. That's that's the most important thing to us.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, you didn't get to say in the springs. Yeah, unfortunately. On, this, on, the, on the RF100. Um, so RF100 is really kind of a sleeper truck. It's kind of a restomod. So it looks old on the outside. It looks standard. You wouldn't know if it was electrified really unless you looked closer mm-hmm. um, inside of it. But uh, so we wanted to get it mostly as a daily driver. So that was our goal. Um, I want to get um, your opinion on this because I think a lot of people listening uh, probably have their own pickup trucks or maybe, and I mean, Fox is involved in every kind of vehicle type, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, motorcycles, even mountain bikes, Mm -hmm. right? You you told me there's shocks on guns now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we do some
3: gun shocks now, which is... I mean, big guns
2: mounted on like... Helicopters or military vehicles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> So you do a lot of sort of kind of damping dampening, I guess um, But a lot of people listening or and watching probably have their own vehicle and most of us don't have infinite budgets, right? So I wanted to also take this opportunity to kind of check out how a person could build up their f- truck right mm-hmm. and where you could take it. So for example, I have a 2021 F-150 FX4 stock shocks, right basically from Ford mm-hmm. um, And I couldn't buy like a tremor or a Raptor right so um, And it's got Leafs in the back Coilovers in the front. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of the first step? Would, would would What would you recommend I guess?
3: Well, it depends what you're adding to it so i think you were telling me earlier you added bigger wheels and tires yeah and
2: i did like a leveling kit i wanted the nose to be higher Mm -hmm.
3: so yeah usually when you add unsprung mass to the vehicle it kind of creates an uncontrolled feeling in the wheel and it'll kind of bounce around and you'll lose traction if you're worried about performance and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but mainly you get more wheel shake so when you add unsprung mass you want to damp that more so it's always good to add more like Fox more, shocks, more, aftermarket yeah. shocks with yeah. with additional damping when you add that unsprung mass in the world in the off-road and side-by-side world we see almost everybody adding accessories to the sprung mass so adding spare tire racks, to the rear yeah racks yeah, yeah. bumpers yeah. all this stuff that's on the sprung mass sure. the actual part that's moving up and down on the vehicle and in that case you want to attack springs because you're either adding a whole bunch of preload which isn't ideal and sometimes you can run out of Uh, spring travel so you want to go up in spring rate in that case and then when you do that you need to add additional Rebound damping to to help control that that spring force.
2: Yeah, so So the spring really sets the right height of the vehicle, right? (laughs) Plus for overlanding like people put tents and other things on top and weigh their vehicles down So Mm -hmm. you have to add spring rate to bring it back up, right? Correct. So so in my case I put a 34 inch tall tire on my F-150 and I did a leveling kit, you know, just a two inch in the front. Mm -hmm. And once again, low budget, right? Mm -hmm. I I wanted to kind of go in steps. And for the most part, it seems to be riding okay. The tires are a little squishier, Mm -hmm. right? They are bigger, they're heavier. Um, But there were moments where I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was a little vibration Mm -hmm. coming through it. And that's what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, that, that uncontrolled, unsprung mass, as you're adding weight, to so the part that's moving in, touch, in contact with the ground, you need to control it when it hits a vent because it has so much mass and so much momentum at that point. So damping really helps slow that down
2: and control it. So do you think my stock shocks will probably wear out pretty soon?
3: <laughs> I think with more unsprung mass, I think it will wear out faster than if you were still on stock who knows how much faster that may be, but I think for sure it'd probably go quicker.
2: So my next step would probably be like two O's or what do you you think as far as like the shock technology? Yeah, two
3: O's is definitely the budget option and they do come tuned with the anticipation that it's gonna be on bigger tires. Mm -hmm. So they do have more damping than a stock shock, for example. Um, So that definitely be like the next step budget wise
2: um, but but they're set right there's there's no adjustments the user can do correct basically. yeah those are,
3: those are monotube inline shocks so they just have an ifp no base valve so no adjustment or anything
2: okay so what's the next step and we have 2.5s on this mm-hmm.
3: next step g- next step would be something pretty similar to what's on the chargezilla two fives monotube with dsc adjusters and those are in the base valve and they're uh, independent high and low speed damping adjust compression damping adjust
2: so So um, we need to explain high and low speed Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when I hear it immediately for some reason I think about the vehicle speed, Mm -hmm. but it's not.
3: Yeah, sometimes they do go together, but I'm talking shock speed. So high and low shaft speed of the the actual wheel and the shock moving. So the easiest way I can explain is. You see high shaft speeds when you hit like a square edge bump like if you were to just hit a curb That's like gonna be a very high shaft speed. It's a sudden
2: event, Mm -hmm. right?
3: But your your vehicle speed could be five miles an hour But the shock's gonna really jolt and Mm -hmm. and that's that's high speed and then low speed is kind of like the more Wallowy like you could be going 50 down the highway and there could be some oscillation in the road That's the low speed and also kind of like the the handling of the truck like the the left right side to side mm-hmm. okay the body control that's
2: that's more low speed damping and then the shock like a 2.5 that we have on our truck um you can control those separately mm-hmm. correct correct yeah there's two adjusters on the base
3: valve the low speed is opening up a bleed in the base valve which is is more low speed inputs and then the high speed adjuster is preloading that stack which is affecting the the high speed more
2: Yeah, it's hard to visualize it, Mm -hmm. just talking about it, but basically there's a shock body and there's also an external reservoir or piggyback in this case, right? Um, And then there's nitrogen also, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit like the inner workings of that?
3: Yeah, so on a piggyback shock, there's in the reservoir is 75, 80% nitrogen and there's an IFP separating the nitrogen from the oil. So then when your shock compresses the oil that's being displaced by the shaft that's going into the body needs somewhere to go. So that oil travels into the resi and moves that IFP down. And that's what your adjuster's working off of is the shaft displacement oil. And then the oil that's not being displaced by the shaft, the main piston is traveling through that oil. And that's where your main piston damping comes from.
2: Okay. Yeah, And and the gas is just kind of prevents it from like cavitating, I guess, or
3: aerating. The base valve, prevents it from cavitating. So if you have a pressure balanced shock, your base valve will do just enough work to prevent the main piston from pushing oil into the reservoir and creating a vacuum on the backside of your main piston. Um, So you can tune with nitrogen pressure. That's not the, the ideal way. You actually are supposed to tune with the base valve. So you should optimize your base valve pressure to just hold back that main piston pressure. So when you make your main piston stiffer, you wanna make your base valve stiffer or vice versa. When you have adjustable shocks like this, you wanna tune in your softest setting to capture your worst case, basically. So if you have the adjuster all the way open, that's that's the softest the base valve's gonna be. So you wanna make sure your main piston's not too stiff in that case to push oil through the base valve and cavitate okay. on the
2: backside. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously the body of the shock is bigger. That's what 2.5 means, yep. right? Uh, of the diameter of the body and to me that just means more capacity or you can use it on heavier vehicles is that is that true
3: yeah that's correct because when your bore size gets bigger your main piston gets bigger and shocks work off of pressure drop so if you have the same pressure drop across the main piston in a 2.0 versus a 2.5 force is pressure divided by it's pounds, pressure is pounds per square inch. Mm-hmm. So then force is that pressure multiplied by that cross-sectional area. So if your area gets bigger and it's the same pressure drop, you're gonna have more force into the shaft or into the whatever the shock is attached to. Okay. So yeah, the bigger the shock gets, the more capacity you can get out of it, as well as cooling. It has more oil volume, mm-hmm. so it's not gonna heat up as fast. And then the main stack's not working as hard because it has more, Cross-sectional area to work with so your shocks won't
2: heat up as fast. Okay, so maybe that's kind of the next step But like on my truck, let's say I could use I could start with two O's, right? Mm -hmm. When would when should I go to two fives like if I do like more higher speed running just because Normally, I mean I tow my boat to the lake. I Mm -hmm. you know, I commute in my truck. So I don't go off-road every week in my truck, for example.
3: Yeah, I think it's when the shocks start working more is when you need to start making them bigger. So in the case with your boat, if you're taking your boat, there's more weight. And then if you're taking your boat down the road that happens to have a lot of bumps and oscillations and those shocks are really moving, Mm -hmm. you might want to step up to a bigger size. But most of the time it's it's when you start taking your truck to more extreme places like taking it
2: off-road or like washboard roads like long distance running mm-hmm. right yeah, that yeah exactly of okay makes sense um and then you can go higher right and there's another vehicle you're kind of involved with uh the bronco raptor mm-hmm. uh, 3.1s now correct and uh or 3.1 or
3: 3.0 yeah i think they're three o's yeah because those are internal bypass so uh-huh. The main piston is actually the same that's in, or very similar to what's in the two fives, but there's two bodies now because that has our position sensitive damping, which is internal bypass, and that's a whole nother animal. (laughs) And
2: and they're live. Yep, those are live. And they're live because that valve can also be controlled, and you can explain this better, (laughs) (laughs) uh, using like a computer, you know, telling it what to do basically.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so all these live valve vehicles have a control algorithm that's taking inputs from different sensors on the vehicle and then telling the shocks what to do. So in most cases, they're using an IMU to try to basically measure the roll rate of the vehicle and then they can control each corner Mm -hmm. depending on what they're seeing in the IMU. Some of the other vehicles like Can-Am, for example, they have have, have their version of electronic shocks, or they're still Fox, Mm -hmm. but their version. And uh, they're using actual shock position in their algorithm. So they're looking at what the shock is actually doing to control that live valve or that electronic I, valve. I got
2: gotcha. yeah, yeah. And like when the vehicles, let's say it's in the air, if it's jumping mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, you can make the shock stiffer or yep. in other times softer, right?
3: Yep. Yeah, there's there's a lot of algorithms that, that look at that, see if the vehicles that, if the shocks are full droop and that, how long, and then stiffen up, assuming that they're about to land or something or see a large event. And then gotcha. some some have manual inputs too. I know the the players. A lot of the players just have their their oh shit button. So you can you can if you see an event coming, uh, you can push that button and it will make all the shocks go full stiff, which is cool.
2: Because so you don't want to basically prevent like bottoming out. Yep. In that yeah. in that case. Yeah, because bottoming is
3: is worst case for the shock. Well,
2: because and it's I mean it's bad for the machine. It's also bad for the person. Yeah. Because I mean you're hitting hard, mm-hmm. you know and you can get injured. Yeah, I think most people
3: aren't really concerned with what's happening to the shock in those cases. You just feel it in your body. (laughs) That's that's the main concern is is it hurts, so.
2: (laughs) Totally. And then you have on your truck, you have um, kind of the next level, is that fair to say? Uh, It's kind of
3: older technology, but it's definitely the flashiest and that's uh, external bypass in the rear. So Mm -hmm. they have very similar tech to internal bypass. It's got position sensitive damping And then it's got adjusters on each one of those zones so you can actually tune the different zones just by clicking some knobs and then in the front is internal bypass with the same dsc that's on the chargezilla
2: and big external reservoirs
3: yeah reservoirs with cooling fins on them Mm -hmm. which is also some extra flash and then
2: helps with it looks cool but it's also functional
3: oh yeah 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 yeah, it helps with helps keep the shock temperatures down but yeah it absolutely
2: looks cool (laughs) and uh and the temperatures right so what happens if it gets too hot? I mean, does the shock lose its capability?
3: Yeah, so shock fade is kind of what people talk about and that's when, yeah, your shock heats up so much that your your oil kind of loses its viscosity or its, mm-hmm. its yeah, ability to damp the, the shock. And so you'll see a loss in damping force as temperature increases. Uh, Fox shocks have some pretty special oil that as low we have a couple different oils actually the race oil is very temperature focused because Mm -hmm. they're going across the desert and they can see temperatures up to 350 400 degrees f so they are really temperature focused so they basically designed an oil to to not fade and then uh, we have a couple other oils that are really good really fade
2: resistant as well gotcha and then Uh, The next step of racing you mentioned Mm -hmm. and you were involved with uh, Extreme e can Mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit about that that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah extreme e Is kind of blowing up right now and a
3: lot of people don't I didn't really know about it until we got involved Um, but yeah, it's these big electric they kind of look like Dakar vehicles Yeah And they don't have a ton of wheel travel like compared to a trophy truck and like what we're used to Mm -hmm. working on in racing um but they're just huge and heavy and yeah they're electric so they have a lot of batteries very low center of gravity and the sprung mass to unsprung mass ratio is really good for vehicle dynamics and shock wise Mm -hmm. so it was really cool to to have the opportunity to work on those but yeah i went out to france and worked with the the car supplier spark on getting the because it's a spec series getting the spec tune dialed and so then, basically,
2: each team gets the same mm-hmm. set vehicle.
3: Yeah, yep. everyone gets the same spec shocks and It's kind of crazy. They have a front internal bypass 2.5 and then the rear has a 2.5 monotube coil carrier as well as an external bypass So there's a ton of adjustability as well as before Fox got involved They were on a single rate spring and we got them on dual rate spring so you can change your crossover You can change preload you have all these damper adjusters so yeah all the the parameters yeah so we attended the first race in sardinia italy just to kind of help guide a lot of the teams with all these different tunables that they had because they weren't used to it and the positivity we got from all the teams was unreal like they were if you go back and look at some of the races from last year the cars were rolling constantly and braking and Mm -hmm. just like no traction and out of control and this year, the first round we went to, a lot of the feedback was they were actually able to race now because they weren't trying to survive the lap anymore. They were actually <laughs> able to battle with each uh-huh. other, which
2: was really cool. But... Sweet. So you're involved in kind of tuning and or helping each team because they get the same shocks, but they might be able to tune them differently. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, and
3: some of them are actually pretty secretive. Um, especially the ones that are doing well sure. they'll hide what their crossovers at they'll hide what their adjusters at and they won't really work with us one they're doing well so they don't need to but two they just don't want because we're Other teams. we're yeah we're unbiased we're helping everybody because it's a spec series so yeah they they try not to let us know what their adjuster settings are at just to have that little bit of advantage but yeah if if they come to us and have questions about what Adjuster does what we can help out with that and it's it's super helpful.
2: So And, and of course, I mean Fox is touching different racing series, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of where you are involved at. Uh, I'm I'm a
3: lot of OE power sports. Okay. That's that's kind of where I live. Okay. Um, There's a
2: whole team for Motorsports.
3: Yeah Motorsports oh. is their own team and they did the Extreme E stuff and I kind of just tagged along and the OE stuff is actually where this data driven approach has been coming from. So it actually started this new ride engineering division at Fox, which is like the data driven tuner or the engineering background mm-hmm. tuner. And we were doing good work with the OEs and motorsports caught eye of that and, and asked if we wanted to help out. And I think helped grow that relationship was which was really good. And then uh, g- gave me the opportunity to go Help out with some race
2: stuff, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is cool, and I saw that on our project truck. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we got a little bit of a taste for that, so mm-hmm. that's really cool. So, getting back to our project uh, as we wrap up, so it, it's solid axles front and rear, leaf springs all all four corners. Uh, we tuned the shocks. So you recommended to make the front a little bit softer mm-hmm. because you want the front and the rear to kind of can you explain that be balanced Mm -hmm. what does that mean
3: yeah that's the the first thing especially with a vehicle that we expect to be like a daily driver or driven on the road i think the biggest thing is that body control and that balance so you don't want the rear moving a whole bunch and then the front kind of sticking where it's at and i in this case with the conversion you guys did it really gave it a 50 50 weight distribution which is optimal for a vehicle but not what this truck was designed around (laughs) so the front was stiffer than it should have been compared to the rear and i think we noticed that first time we went out and hit like a bigger event is the rear was moving more than the front Um, so yeah we opened up the front shocks made them softer took it back out added the data acquisition and actually saw very similar wheel speeds front to rear which is what you want to see um and then also just
2: felt more balanced, which was nice. Yeah, and what I noticed before the tuning we did, the rear was kind of stepping out. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost felt a little bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after it's more predictable, I would say.
3: Yeah, and it's crazy that the rear changed after we made a front damper front, change. Yeah. But that's a, the case a lot of the time. And that's, again, back to that balance. You want the front and the rear to be very balanced so you don't get that, that uncontrolled feeling in the rear or whatever maybe.
2: Yeah, and this truck is currently, I mean, it's kind of a F-250 chassis, so the springs are heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a light duty F-100 body on top of it. It's a long story. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, these springs were designed to carry some load, right? Mm-hmm. You know, either a trailer or some, some payload in the bed, et cetera, et cetera. So um, what would you recommend, like if, if money was no object, what would you put on this truck?
3: Yeah, again, it, it depends of what the use case is like if you wanted this thing to be a daily driver but then also throw a gooseneck on it the best thing is to have varying spring rate so so airbags is actually pretty nice in that case because then you can change your spring rate with a click of a button Mm -hmm. coils are definitely the way to go over leaf springs so that would be really nice i think in this case
2: how Uh, how come what's what is it about coils
3: leaf springs just have very like huge tendency to cause wheel shake and Discomfort and then in this case that like you said they're an f-250 So they're just way too stiff for what we want it to be and they're driving a lot of, of The truck ride feel. Yeah, so yeah And then coils the cool thing about coils is you can go to dual rate and have a very soft initial rate So on all the small bump stuff when you want it to be soft It's super soft and you don't get all this transmissibility and chassis movement from all these bumps But then when you need the capacity on bigger events it hits that spring crossover and your spring rate ramps up and then you have the capacity you need to not bottom
2: so. sometimes you can notice that in the weave of the coil right yeah there's springs the, the, that have the spacing
3: Mm-hmm. yeah there's dual rate springs that are just a single spring like you're saying and yeah the the softer rate will bottom out on the coils and then that's when you can see the the jump in spring rate and it's actually very linear jump mm-hmm. which is interesting a lot of fox does have some dual rate springs but a lot of the time we'll we'll use two different springs which is nice because then you can you can tune it depending on if you change your vehicle or not
2: because this is kind of a trend right a a, a lot of uh, premier trucks oe like the raptor and the trx Mm -hmm. are are all coil Mm -hmm. multi-link rear suspensions yep um, and of course front independent yep um and some other trucks even heavy duties in a way like ram ram has some coils all the way around so you can see that already in the manufacturer space yeah
3: yeah it's the way to
2: go i don't know
3: what drives if it's cost of leaves is the reason that it's been like that for so long but from a performance standpoint i think coils is definitely the way to go
2: yeah and um and also for performance you know people say you know leaves are great to you know maybe i don't know put the power when you're when you're heavy put the power down but i think that like you're saying, the suspension technology, especially multi-link systems, are really good at locating that axle. Mm-hmm. Right, so the axle doesn't move mm-hmm. uh, in the way you don't want it to move. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you can just center it underneath your truck, and then, and then use the shocks and the springs to really control yep. it. Yeah. And and if it appears that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, if money
3: was no object, it'd be cool to get this thing on a five-link rear and some coils, maybe a trailing arm.
2: But yeah. So it would be a good daily driver, and also really great in a lot of different environments. Mm-hmm. Then.
3: Yeah, exactly. You could take it to the desert and mob through some whoops if you wanted a to At Tumbleweed <laughs> ranch. Yeah. Uh, do take some it four
2: wheeling. Prairie yeah. dog course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of prairie dogs, and of course, they're you know the little hills that they create is pretty extreme. Yeah, those are those square edge, high shaft speed <laughs> yeah. events that we're talking about. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> yeah so I, I really appreciate you coming out and helping tune the truck getting it to a nice state already yeah. um and maybe uh who knows this <laughs> truck's life you know may change it's going to be on the road for hopefully a very long time so who knows maybe we'll see it again yeah everything. down the road <laughs> uh the plan for our chargezilla truck um is to be sold at auction hopefully in january uh i, I don't want to announce everything because things may change <laughs> a little bit here and there so Thank you for joining us. Um, Blake, thank you for coming out and spending your time here. And um, um, I learned a lot, definitely. Uh, I, you know, it seems like I've, I've been in the industry testing vehicles for some number of years, but I always learn a little bit mm-hmm. every day, so I really appreciate yeah,
3: it. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited for whoever gets that truck. It's, it's a cool thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's basically a Tesla battery powered, twin motor, electrified truck. And when it's fully charged, it's actually Performs pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So thanks, dude. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator